It's good to have the Greens back with us this morning. Uh, they're going to bring us a special. We didn't say this during prayer request time because it didn't really feel like it fit with the rest of the prayer request. But if you guys would pray for us, we are in the process of adopting a baby. And so we are working on our home study and all the paperwork and all that stuff. So um, it's a little bit more difficult in the new town. <laughs> so if you guys would pray for us, we would appreciate it. Father, 
Thank you for the privilege to have a family. Even whether it's uh, just like you, we you you we were born again, and then you adopted us into legal custody that we would have every right and privilege of sonship. It's an amazing doctrine. It's an amazing teaching in your word. Realizing that you did all that because you love us. Thank you for the privilege and honor of being a child of yours. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. If you're saved, you are a child of God. That makes you a family member. We call each other brother and sister in Christ. Uh, real quick, the uh, next slide, I want to show this and uh, give this away. Uh, I love Dr. Kevin Lehman. He is my favorite parenting author right now. Matter of fact, I have two of his books here. Uh, the one, I put two of them up there. How to have a new, he's famous for How to Have a New Kid by Friday, How to new, Have a New Husband by Friday. How to, this one here comes from our church library. I've got it checked out in my name. You're more than welcome to it. After church, come up here, grab this book, How to Have a New Teenager by Friday. I love the other book there, Making Children Mind Without Losing Yours, and uh, which is a significant challenge. And this one right here, uh, if you want it, this is my personal copy. You can have it. I'll give it to you if you promise to read it and pass it along to another set of parents. Home Court Advantage, Preparing Children to Be Winners in Life. He's a Christian, of course, a Christian psychologist, but he's also a humorist. Uh, he puts a lot of humor in everything, which makes all that so much more fun. Uh, folks, parenting is humorous anyway, okay? And uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a tremendous challenge, and we're going to take off on some of these things. Being a parent is tough. It's tough. Matter of fact, the title of the message, Breaking Your Brat, underscore uh, successful parenting. Uh, there's a lot I'm going to have for you as we go through this. Being a parent, you learn things like, number one, there's no such thing as child-proofing your home, okay? You can just hang it up. I guarantee you, you're going to miss a light socket or something somewhere. Uh, number two, baseballs make marks on ceilings. Did y'all know that? And uh, you're going to discover this as you parent along. Number three, a ceiling fan can hit a baseball a long ways. I don't know if you realize that. But uh, number four, a double-pane window will not stop a baseball. Okay. This is good information. If you have kids that have not discovered this, I'm not giving them ideas. Number five, when you hear the toilet flush followed by the phrase, uh-oh, it's already too late. It's a, these are d discoveries and things that only parents can identify with, okay? Number six, a six-year-old can start a fire with anything, even though on Survivor they have trouble with it all the time. All they need is a six-year-old on that island or wherever that is. But we're going to escalate the parenthood a little bit. If you have a teenager, you've also learned that, number one, he eats out of a cereal out of a large mixing bowl, okay? If you have a teenager, things change. They used to be cute and cuddly, but when they hit that age, everything changes, okay? They become possessed, for number one. 
They're on the way, Chuck. They're coming. And uh, number two, her bedroom looks like a garbage dump on a good day. Number three, they change outfits three times before breakfast. I heard a lot of feedback on that one. Number four, if there was an Academy Award for eye-rolling, they would win. Did you know the Bible has something to say about eye-rolling? I, I found this. I said, oh, I've got I to share this. Folks, I'm, every one of these principles I'm going to share, I just number one, experience. Number two is based on God's holy word, and you'll see it. Uh, Proverbs 30, 17, it's not in your outline, so you may want to jot that one down. And it says this, The eye that mocketh at his father, <laughs> and despiseth to obey his mothers, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out, and the young e eagle shall eat it. If you roll your eyes, you're in danger of death. And parents will amen me on that. Okay? Uh, number five, if you have a teenager, their favorite sport is talking back. Okay. Number six, your teenager may have their earbuds permanently glued to their ears. And if you don't have uh, teenagers, you don't know what earbuds are. Okay, but if you have them, you know them. Number seven, she can text like a mad woodpecker while watching The Bachelor, listening to her favorite music, and doing her homework all at the same time. Number eight, some days they think that you, their parent, are the dumbest creature to ever walk this earth. But when they move out, they'll find out how wise you were or are. Congratulations, you are parents. Life will never be the same, but it can be better than you've ever dreamed. And uh, it, parents, it, it's tough. It's a challenge you must include the Lord. There's no such thing as perfect parents. I don't stand before you as a perfect parent. You can ask my kids how many times I have apologized to them. We'll get to that just a little bit later. It's uh, because we'll get to respect and developing respect with your kids. And we'll, we'll get to all of these things. First of all, let's just start out with this point that is in your, is in your bulletin. Parenting isn't for cowards. Let's talk about what a brat is. What is a brat? Now, somebody say, that's an awful bold title, breaking your brat, which is just a, a sling off from breaking your bat. Sometimes you feel like breaking a bat over their head, but that's against the law. The Bible doesn't say that. You can take it, you know, if you have a small rod, you can use it on their backside, the Bible says, so why not use that? But anyway, the Bible's all about corporal punishment. But there's so much. There's volumes. We don't have a huge amount, but I'll get some more. And uh, work with Miss Joanne. We'll get some more parenting volumes. Of course, you have these two. Uh, one of them I'm giving to you. Whoever, just pass it around to other parents. Uh, basically, I came up with this. What is a brat? B-R-A-T. Brat is somebody that's bossy, respectless toward any authority. A, they've got an attitude with a capital A. And T, temper. Okay. And that's, that's a brat. If you've got a child, or I don't care if they're, if they're an adult, if they have all of these characteristics, then they're a brat, okay? And so that's the basic acronym. There are many brats in the Bible. Many brats in the Bible. You know, I think about people like Absalom. 
He rebelled against his dad, and then he plotted overtaking his dad's job, which happened to be the king of the country. I'm the king of the country. Son, I want your job. I don't like you, Dad. Absalom, David's son, said, I'm going to take your job, and uh, plotted to have David take him out. Jacob was a mama's boy. He was sneaky and deceptive. Matter of fact, the word Jacob means trickster, surplanter, sneaky, crafty. That's why later on when he finally gave in to the Lord and started following the Lord with all of his heart, God changed his name to Israel, which means one who contends or fights for the Lord. All right. And then, of course, a famous one, Samson. Samson, he talked back to his parents and he was a smart aleck. Okay. You say, those are in the Bible. Yep, they're in the Bible. Now, God had an idea for Samson to be a judge against the Philistines, but Samson went about everything the wrong way. He did want Samson to be a judge against the oppressing nation, the Philistines, but Samson, he was a smart aleck. And I don't know if it came from, well, it came from his flesh, really. And so, if you will, head to Judges chapter 14. You can look there, mark in your Bible if you want, look on the screen, every which way, way works for you. It says in Judges 14, verse 1, <clears throat> there we go, get on the right page here. There we go. And Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and mother and said, I've seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Woohoo! Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. And in short, hey, man, that's the, that's the one I want, mom and dad. In verse 3, and his, then his father and his mother said unto him, is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren or among all thy people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto, her fa unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. Well, you find out here, and of course verse 4 says, Well, the Lord wants him to be a judge to the Philistines, but he just went about it the whole wrong way. Matter of fact, he had taken some vows. One of the vows was that he took, of course, the hair, you know, the famous part, about Samson strengthening his hair. But remember, he, he had all this agreement with his parents, and one of the part of the vow, part of the Nazarite vow, he wouldn't go near a dead carcass. And remember, he took some honey out of a dead carcass, and he shared it with his parents. Basically, he is lying to his parents. He deceived his parents. Later on, he went after this harlot named Delilah. And so he just was constantly, and by the way, when he left his hometown, and he went down to, the, to get the wife from the Philistine area, Basically, he was going down. He was going away from God. So he was making these decisions. And so Samson, just real quickly, number one, Samson wouldn't listen to his parents. Samson lied to his parents. Samson left his raising, but his raising didn't leave him. Now let me pause right there and just reflect back to the very first verse that we read. Parents, you can be the best and most perfect. You could literally be, think about this. If it were possible, you could be a perfect parent. Never make a mistake, and your kids still make wrong decisions. 
They could, because we're sinful creatures. Notice that first verse, and this harmonizes with what happened to Samson and the end of his life. His parents, you know, they had this relationship with God. Man, we want a child. Boom, boom. God gave us a child. We want to raise them separate from the world. We want to give them a good foundation. Okay, God says, okay, you need to do this. You need to follow this prescription. And so they had a prescription from God. Guess what? They followed it, and Samson still turned out to be a brat. But he left his raisin, but his raisin didn't leave him. What was our very first scripture? Train up a child the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. What is the it? doesn't mean the Lord. He won't lose his training. He'll always be held accountable for his raisin. Now, there's a difference between this is do as you're told or do as I do. Parent, if your do as your do is different than what you're telling them, they're going to probably do as you do. Because a lot more is caught as a parent than is taught as a parent. So if you're raising your kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, as the Bible says, train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. It means they're training. It doesn't mean that a child raised in church, man, here every time the doors are open, they won't leave the Lord. They will, or they can. doesn't mean they will. It's, it's their choice. Okay, Samson left his raisin, he left his hometown, but his raisin didn't leave him. He remembered the Lord. He even lost his fellowship with the Lord. He got up and said, I'm going to do as I used to do. And he realized God's no longer with him. He's not blessing his life. Doesn't mean he lost his salvation, but he did lose his fellowship with the Lord. That's a whole other story. You have, just a neat, and I borrowed this kind of suggestion you have home court advantage let's talk about this home court advantage real quick back up to the book of deuteronomy chapter 6 this is what the bible describes as home court advantage your kids need to be guilty not of a dui not of a dwi but they do need to be guilty of a gui and that means growing under the influence what are they growing under the influence of? In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, right off the bat, this is a prescription for home court advantage. If you say, folks, the, the, your, your kids are at church about, if they're here every time the doors are open, it's about five to six hours a week. The school has them for... Just five times eight, that's about 40 hours a week. You've got them the rest of the time. There's 168 hours, if my memory serves me right, in a week. That's a lot of leftover hours. What are we doing? What are they? They're growing up. You've got more of an impact on anybody. If it's home court advantage, it's you. You have to do it. Don't let the, you know, say, you know, sometimes, uh, we've talked about tough subjects in Sunday school classes and teenage classes. They're not getting it at home. Or they'll get it. They're going to find out. They're going to, so you might as well be the one to tell them. They're going to find out about the birds and the bees. They're going to hear it from me first. It should be the parent. You telling them. And then it says right off the bat, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. That's the only way to be a successful parent. You've got to do verse 5. Number 6. In these words, 
which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Well, I need the Bible. I need to read the Bible. I need to share the Bible with my kids. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. And when thou walkest by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. Folks, and, and I'm not going to take the time to read the rest of these verses, but they're all there. Folks, they're the number one influence on kids is not their peers, it's you. But if you won't be one, they will. The world will be an influence on them. You have the number one shot. You in sports, anybody in sports knows this. Home court advantage is crucial, and you have it with the kids. You have home court advantage. Are you using it? But a lot of times we don't use home court advantage. God puts you in charge. Somebody said time is money. No, time's better than that. Somebody said this is a fact or fiction. This is, is this myth true or not? Well, Brother Michael, it's not the, uh, it's not the quantity of time that you spend with kids. It's the quality of time. In a broken home, as I grew up in, uh, that sounds like that'd be an appropriate answer. You know, my dad had me every other weekend and then two weeks during the summer and all this that went through all those years. And, uh, said, well, he, so he'd take advantage of the time and try to make it quality time, but I, that's a myth. You don't have quality time unless you have quantity of time. You gotta spend time with them. You just can't say, well, I'll take you to the movies and give you everything you want. That makes it quality time. No. We'll get to that a little bit later. The most powerful word you as a parent have. You've got the most powerful word, the biggest tool in your arsenal, the nuclear missile, the, the answer to all solutions <laughs> or problems. We'll get to there. Time is not money, it's better. Have a sense of humor as a parent. You've got to do these things. I've got home court advantage. You've got to have a sense of humor as a parent. You know, one time a daughter said this, Hey, Dad, I want to get a piercing in my nose. At the, you know, I was sitting at the dinner table, and they were talking, and, which is a good place to have a talk. And the daughter said, Dad, I want to get a piercing on my nose, and I want to have it connect in my mouth. The dad never batted an eye. He said, Oh, good, we're having spaghetti tonight. That'll work real well with that. And uh, so just imagine that one. And uh, so didn't even the daughter said, Oh, Dad, that's good. <laughs> that's good. But anyway, and by the way, we'll get to that powerful word which he used later. Don't make a mountain out of a molehill. You only have a few years left, but you do have home court advantage. Making a mountain out of a molehill, you know, it's kind of like the, the argument. You know, I've seen it, you know, and speaking of Pearsons, I can just use that as an example. You know, a dad throws a fit because his daughter who has one hole in her ear and she wants to put another one in there that, that, to me that's you know maybe that's a hill you want to down that's not a hill i want to down you see what i mean there's some things that you can just make a mountain out of a molehill on but some people will die on that hill what hill and i say well this this i've got to say no you know, you could. there's plenty of no's you could find out there. You don't need to have sex before marriage. You don't need to be drinking. You don't need to do drugs. Uh, you can't go out tonight. 
Why? Well, we'll get to that in just a second. <laughs> but there's a lot of things that you can say, this is, this is it. You know, and you can talk about, well, you know, what style of shoes. I'm not going to die on that hill. But don't make a mountain out of a molehill. Have a sense of humor. If you can't laugh as a family, then something's wrong. Act and don't react. Let's just talk about this. Folks, and it's a proven fact, and, and uh, Dr. Kevin Lehman, other Dr. James Dobson, you just go on and on. Your child's respect for you, want me to tell you when it starts? And a lot of times our children lose their respect for us, and we may lose our respect for our children. But you know when that begins? 18 months. 18 months. We've had several kids live with us. And you can get respect, and it, but it only comes whenever you have the authority over them. But it's not a true respect. We've had, of course, our kids, we've had them from birth. <laughs> we've had other kids live with us from eight years old to, of course, Allison was here. Her brother Mason was where we used to live. He was with us a little over a year. Allison was with us exactly two years. And I forced respect because I had the upper, I had the home court advantage. I had it. So if I had a home court advantage, you're going to respect me and live in my house. Okay? That's just all there is to it. I demand it. Well, it's a lot easier when you have a husband and wife working as a team. I've got the advantage then and the Lord. Okay? But respect is a two-way street. Act and don't react. Instead of, excuse me, act but don't react. Again, earning your respect, it all comes from the Bible, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Okay? So, okay, I want to have my kids respect. Oh, by the way, folks, all this relationship stuff that I'm sharing with you about you and your kids, did you know all of this is perfect harmony? It's the same as you and your relationship with God. Did you know that? Everything I'm preaching this morning about parenting and you and your kids or even your grandkids, because some grandparents are raising their grandkids. you got to have this same relationship. Did you know all this stuff is in perfect synchronization and harmony between you and God? All of this stuff is? He will discipline you. Did you know God will whip you? He's a parent. That's why when Jesus said, well, how do we pray? What did Jesus say pray? He could have used anything. Say Jehovah. Say Elohim. Say any word you want. There's some names found in, in God's Word about calling Him God. What did Jesus say call Him? That's a, he said, teach us to pray. What word do you use? You see what I mean? It's all in that same synchronization. But in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them... That means to... To develop a respect between each other. Respect is a two-way street. Uh, the point being, we're not control them, but encourage them, partner with them to have teachable moments. There are some things here that is in God's Word. It's pretty cool. You want to talk about this respect? Let's go to uh, Proverbs 29. Back up. So I'm, I'm trying to earn respect. I'm trying to have and grow in my relationship with my kids to be a better parent. So I want to encourage them. I want to partner with them. I want to have these teachable moments. Uh, Proverbs 29, verse 15. The rod and reproof give wisdom. In other words, 
If punishment does not hurt, now you can punish a child by taking away their cell phone or any, but if it doesn't cause pain, I don't care whether it's a belt, a switch, or a cell phone, if it doesn't hurt, if they don't pitch a fit, you didn't do enough. <laughs> if they say, I don't, I can't believe you're doing that to me, that's perfect. <laughs> if they go out of their mind and say, what? Are you kidding me? You nailed it. <laughs> You found out what hurts. Keep it up. Kids are saying, no, not that advice, Brother Michael. Don't tell them that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> you will thank me later. All right? And Proverbs 29, verse 15, if you leave a child alone, let me give you the redneck version. If you leave a child by themselves, there's nothing but trouble waiting to happen. Unguarded, unsupervised. you got to supervise them. And when they leave, you can... You just say, well, you're on your own. They're going to watch them grow. Watch them fall down and don't rescue them. Get to that in a second. I got a, verse 16. So verse number verse 15, kids are at loan or at risk. Uh, verse 16, when the wicked are multiplied, transgression increases, but the righteous see at their fall. If your kids are hanging around, verse 16 is all that is. You can underline it and put it redneck. If they're hanging around the wrong crowd... There's nothing but trouble coming. When it says there, when the wicked are multiplied, that just means more kids together unsupervised. That leads to trouble. All these deer camps and drinking and getting together and all this, that's all it is, just saying, hey, here's some gasoline and a fire. Have fun. That's all you're doing. Have fun. Gasoline matches. Have a great time, son. That's all you're doing. In verse 17, Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. And yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. You have permissive parents and authoritarian parents. Either extreme is dangerous. You've got to let your kids make mistakes, but at the same time time permissive just go out there here's the gasoline here's the matches have fun that's a permissive parent who says well matter of fact not only that i'll i'll supply all the alcohol i'll supply all the gasoline i'll supply all the matches that's the same logic have fun partying in the hay barn with the fire and the gasoline that's the same logic as a permissive parent be a smart parent Real quickly, what is a smart parent? Go through there. There's another acrostic for you. S-A-S-M-A-R-T. Get it right? Number one, self-control is a great attribute. For your kids to get it, you must have it. Which means this, parents, be willing to apologize if you lose your control. You will gain their respect if you want to be a smart parent. Self-control. You say, I don't have self-control. Don't expect them to have it if you don't. M, minimize the negative expectations. Focus on the positive ones, which basically means this. You always come in late. You'll never amount to anything. You're dumb. You're this. You're, you're just, I can't believe this. I mean, that's just like saying, hey, kid, come here so I can stomp you. That's, what it's your, that's basically it. I'm saying, well, man. Man, I, I know you. I know you have a fifty on the report card, 
But hey, last one is a 30. Come, you got it going in the right direction. You know, you can always find some silver lining somewhere. But a lot of parents, they never accentuate the positive. They're always looking to belittle a child. And a lot of the reason is because that's the way maybe their parents did them. Or that's the way everybody else does. That's not, if everybody else is doing it, does not make it right. You according to God's Word. Accent the positive. I need to be S and M. I need to be A. Attitude, attitude. Yours and theirs is the ace in the hole when you're going through the teen years. If you have a good positive attitude, it really reflects on them. R, recognize your teenagers, not you. Don't try to make them to be what you want to be. You give them all the tools and let them be who God wants them to be. Don't try to make them something they're not. And T, talk. Only after you've listened, thought, and prayed about it. We have too many parents that won't listen to their kids. Respect is a two-way street. And I don't care if they're 12 or if they're 2. Listen. Listen to them. Give your kids their vitamins. Vitamin E is encouragement. Vitamin C is cooperation. And vitamin N is no. Give them all three of those things. Give them the no. The art of saying no. Did you know there are some homes where a kid shorter than a yardstick is ruling the home? No, no, that is not the way it should be. There's no kid that's two foot eleven going to tell me what to do. Amen? But there's some parents, I mean, there's some kids that are two foot eleven and they're telling the adults where to go and what to get off. They are. And, uh, and that's not the way God's designed. What's really surprising is they know it. You know, learn to say no. Think about this. Little Johnny in the grocery store is, you know, and I've told y'all my theory before. I think it's a conspiracy that they put all those knickknacks and stuff right there beside the checkout because it drives parents crazy because they see it and it's down on their level. You know, all that stuff, why? You're checking out, I want this, I want this. And then the mom who just has to, done, oh, oh, and they're loud. I mean, kids can be loud. And, you know, and then finally say, I'll give this to you if want this one time if you'll promise to hush crying. And then they get outside and you just rewarded their behavior and the kid's thinking, that worked. You know, and I can, oh, I'll just wait till that happens again whenever I get in that situation and I get mom and I'll hold her over a barrel. It works a lot better on moms than it does dads because they do. God wired them with a softer heart. Learn the most powerful word you have. No, and your no means no. Stick to it, parents. Amen. If they don't want what you just fixed to eat, go over to the garbage can and rake it off. Did y'all know that they don't have to have chicken nuggets with every meal? You know, I just I just love dinner tables and love trying to get my kids. You know, I'm, I've, I've shared the stories. I've paid my kids to try new things. And my you know, just the latest story about, of course, Caleb with pickled okra. That is just priceless. That's awesome. That's making memories. 
They will not starve. As a matter of fact, they'll be appreciative of breakfast in the morning. They will. They'll put eat anything you want. Kind of like Jerry Clower and the turnip, the dog that wouldn't eat turnip greens. You know, wouldn't eat it for three weeks, but then he liked it. And uh, you, hey, hey, folks, you think I'm making this up? Just you, I'm not making this up. Look at Proverbs chapter nineteen, verse eighteen. I mean, I'm talking about the art of saying no. The art of saying, I'm not making this up. This is not haphazard. What does it say? Chasing. That means whip. Tell them no. While there's hope. While there's hope. And let not thy soul spare for his crying. He says, don't pay. If they're getting loud, that just means it's working. It's working. They've got a temper. They'll learn to control it if they see you controlling yours. When you calmly... And you say, well, when we get home, we'll deal with that. You know, if you can't find a bathroom, you still you could whip them in public and they would applaud why you did it. And now, then you, we went to going to the bathroom or other private location to whip them. But it doesn't matter. I'll never forget the rides home from the stores when mom said, when we get home, you're going to get a whipping. And I remember the whole way home thinking, I oh, pray, Lord, she forgets. Please forget. Don't let her remember. And then, you know, I mean, we've done put up the groceries. And she says, Michael, go get the belt. She didn't forget, you know. And But she, her, her no was no. Because, you know, I guess she just totally messed up. Well, it says right here, I'm showing you biblical advice. Right out of the Bible, spare not for his crying. Don't rescue your kids from their mistake. Just, hey, drop down one verse. Proverbs nineteen nineteen. A man of great wrath shall suffer punishment. If thou deliver him, yet thou shalt do it again. You rescue your kids from making a mistake. When they mess up, let them learn. Don't rescue them because it says here in the Bible you're going to have to do it over and over and over again. Mom, you didn't remind me about football practice. I won't get to start. I bet you'll remember next time. Is it my football practice? No, it's yours. You say they're incapable. Well, when they don't get to start, they'll remember. He's 16. Let him remember his own homework. Let him fail. Don't stress out. It just drives you nuts. That doesn't mean you can't help them with their homework. They have to be responsible. Did you know this? And this is going to, I hate to tell the, let the kids know that I'm just to tell them. You know, if parents, you say, well, if your kid has a smartphone, did you know this may not be worth it to you? This may not even be something you're interested in. If you go to CrossFit, they'll charge you for this. But if you go to Monticello, if you have AT&T, they'll swap out your SIM card from a smartphone SIM card to a dumb phone SIM card for free. I know. I've done it. All right. That's great. Punishment. It's great leash. It's a great rope or a noose. Some last advice. And folks, we need to pray for our kids. We need to pray with our kids. Pray number one, Proverbs twelve fifteen and thirteen eleven. This is all right here together. Some last advice. Proverbs twelve fifteen says this The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that listens unto his unto counsels wise. Harkeneth just means listens. And 13.1 says, A wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. 
Number one, pray with your kids every day. Number two, tell them you love them and show them by saying no. Number three, be willing to apologize to your kids. You say, well, I've made mistakes, it's too late. No, I don't care if your kids have already moved out. Start today being the best parent that God wants you to be. I don't care what their age is. I don't care if they're 3 or 30. Be an encourager. Pray with them. Pray for them. Lift them up. Cooperate with them and listen to them. Respect is a two-way street. That apology from you will go a long ways. It's not easy. It takes courage. Be a smart parent. Y'all remember what that stands for. If you don't, I'll just hand you my outline. Realize that they're not your kids. They're just on loan from the Lord. And when they move out, watch them go. Watch them grow. And if they fall, do not run to the rescue. Let them pick them on, them, their own selves up. Let them sit in jail for a little longer. Let them think. And then you pray with them. Then you listen to them. Then you love them. No matter what mistake they've made. It does not mean you approve of sin or an ungodly lifestyle. Never do that. That's against God's Word. You can love them even while they're sinning. God loved you. What does the Bible say? In that while we were yet sinners... Amen. Christ died for us. He loved us. You see? Follow biblical advice. And while we were yet sinners, He died for us. He loves us. It's great parental advice. He's, God has never condoned sin, but He loves the sinner. Maybe you need to pray and get things right. Whatever you need to do, start today as we prepare for Him hymn invitation. Father, I thank You for letting us just take a 35-minute look at parenting. It's a lot bigger picture than that. And obviously, it's the most challenging job any of us, any of us in this room will ever have. But dear Lord, You gave us the instructions. There is an instruction book and it's called your Word. Help us to use it and learn from it. I'm praying for every parent and every grandparent in this room. We would seek You. In Jesus' name, Amen.